0: The blast from our past network.
1: This week on Talking Back, what is the proper etiquette when it comes to time travel? Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio, we have our Star Trek Trekkie friends, Jay and Terry. Guys, how's it going?
2: Great. Excellent.
1: Thank you. Welcome back.
2: Thank you for having us. Yes, always happy
1: to be
0: here. I'm excited.
1: I know, we always get so excited for these podcasts. (laughs) Uh, Dean is away again on assignment all these assignments i give that guy uh we've <laughs> got, boss. he dropped off though he dropped off bobblehead dean a while back you oh, guys probably that. yeah you've got yeah We have got a oh little my. so he's here in uh in bobblehead spirit to uh help us out so <laughs> uh thank you bobblehead dean for joining us as well we're doing star trek everybody knows that by now yep and we're back to the voyager we took a little dive into next generation and i'm being magically compelled and pulled back to voyager they have they have me in a tractor beam, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, housekeeping. Oh, sorry, Terry.
2: No, I was going to say they beam the Voyager shirt onto you as well. That's yes.
1: right. I'm wearing my Voyager shirt today.
0: Yep. Tim's looking pretty <clears throat> pretty swag in his shirt. I'm all so. set.
1: I'm all set for this. So uh, it is Stardate seven three six two three point eight. And, Jay, please do the honor of holding your tattoo up to the microphone. Yeah, uh, there there Enterprise, there tattoo, it is again. Yeah. Tattoo rubbing stretching. Rubbing it. it there. there you are. Yep. Lovely. Lovely. Happy to oblige, as always. Okay, guys. So, today we are doing, from Season 5, Episode 6, mm-hmm. and it's called Timeless. Now, this is one of my favorites, and I think it's a lot of people's favorites. But the reason that I thought it might be a good one to follow cause and effect from NextGen Gen is that we really enjoyed the way cause and effect started in that, in that episode where the very first thing that happens is the enterprise explodes, right? We were all pretty captivated by that. So the beginning of this one is fairly similar. Now we'll get there as we kind of walk through the story, but I'll just throw that out there that that's, I thought this would be a pretty good follow up to that. This was already on my radar anyways, to, to do this one, but this one, this is directed by LeVar Burton. He also makes a guest appearance in the show. He does. Which is kind of cool. LeVar is also the most decorated Star Trek cast member who's crossed over into directing of Star Trek. He's directed 29 episodes across the uh, four series. So he's directed in Enterprise, Voyager, (laughs) Next Gen, and Deep Space Nine.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great to hear things like that. Considering, uh, I think it's the guy that plays Paris, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil, I see his name on directing everything. Like he's... uh... He's directed episodes of Star Trek and...
1: uh, Is he the one who directed Chuck?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, LeVar Burton outdoing that is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just for for Star Trek, right? So I don't know what else LeVar has done. I'm sure he's done other stuff as well, but he's the Star Trek directing man. He did a good job on
2: this one, for sure. Yeah, he
1: sure did. Yep. So let's just get right on into it then, if you guys are okay with that. I think I can allow it. Well, yeah, this will be allowed. Engage. yeah. <laughs> Engage. Engage. All right, here we go. More puns. Perfect. <laughs> all right, so our episode starts off. We've got these two characters traversing an ice planet. Mm-hmm. Now, they're using a tricorder, which is familiar to us, but they're not in any sort of official attire, so we don't know who they are. they have got like, these weird snowsuits, and they're clearly looking for something, right? And one of them says, we're here. It's all muffled. <laughs> yeah. And then the camera just starts to pan like way, 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 way back until these guys are real, real small on the screen. And we get to see Voyager is frozen under the ice. Yep. And that's kind of your first just opening sequence. You're already hooked. Full on. Oh, full on hooked. I've got chills as usual. Just that visual was so, it was so stunning. Now this is the type of um, intro that I always love to see. In these episodes, like this type of cold open where you you see something that's happened before, and now they're going to tell us how that happened. The executive producer on this, Brannon Braga, he first came up with the idea for this show by coming up with that exact visual in his head. Really? So he had this picture of Voyager buried in ice, and he wrote a story based on that.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah, great way to start.
1: It is. Now, these two characters beam inside of Voyager. They take their gear off, and we find out that it's Chakotay and Harry Kim. Now, obviously, Voyager's in rough shape, right? They say some funny stuff. It's like decks 10 through 14 have been like combined Um, into one or something. And now they're the new deck 10 or everything's (laughs)
2: covered in ice. It looks like Winnipeg in February.
1: (laughs) Everything. It's everything looks cold, Um, but they go to the bridge and the whole bridge crew are there dead, Mm -hmm. like frozen and dead. Perfectly,
2: perfectly intact. Yeah,
1: that's right. So we see uh, Tom, we see Janeway, we see seven. Now, like it's it's already emotional at this point, right? Like the show's just started, but our our friends have died. Yep. Right.
0: I, I think that it's uh what I what I liked about the opening is as they're exploring the ship, they're they're trying to access the menus and they're trying to access this, the computer and all that, right? And there's so many sci-fi shows that do that. That just they'll press some buttons and then everything's still operational. The ship still mm-hmm. has power. How is this being powered? Like, but Voyager goes to the extent of like making sure they attach power cells to bulkheads and mm-hmm. that's their power source just to get a little bit of uh, access to the ship again. So, certainly brings you more
2: into the plight of the ship. Yep. yep. When things are not operational.
1: Yeah, that's a good point <clears> because <throat> they definitely did do that and that's a nice touch. So, Chakotay, he communicates with someone called Tessa, and she's apparently in orbit, piloting a ship. Now, it seems like they were looking for a couple things on Voyager here. So they they find Seven, and they beam up Seven. Mm -hmm. And then they find the Doctor's mobile emitter, and they activate the Doctor. Mm -hmm. Now, the Doctor has no idea what's going on, right? Like, the last thing that would have... Who knows if he was even active at the time? But if he wasn't, he'd have... He'd be clueless, which it seems like he is. Yeah, he has no idea what's going on. Chicote tells him they're there to change history. It sounds good, hey. When someone says that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it's a good line.
1: That's a good line. You guys <laughs> ever used that before, hey, Terry? Have you ever been here to change history? Every day. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> what, what a great I'm, attitude, Terry. Unfortunately, I'm clueless about where I'm going. But I love that the positivity. It's great. Now, this is. Do you want to say something? I don't know if you have a future. Oh, oh, but here we uh, go. Here, well, probably, right probably. Bat, is it? If it's about this episode. I probably do, Terry. <laughs> but uh, right off the
2: bat, at this point, we've already seen that uh, uh, Chakotay and Kim look older.
1: Yes, good point. They are and, they are older, so some time has passed, and yeah. we can actually say that that's that's uh, something that I'm fine with going ahead. The, this is 15 years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. 15 years after the crash. Kim
2: especially looks older to me.
1: Definitely, because he's got longer hair. They both yeah. have like gray, a little bit of gray. Yeah. Uh, his is longer i love how they look yeah the, these older versions of them
2: it's fantastic i think the makeup and the because there's a little bit of makeup a little bit of whatever it's subtle very subtle in this case but as the story progresses you understand it a bit more and they did a really good job especially kim yeah you know, when when looking at it through that perspective
1: definitely so what they're doing is the exact type of thing that they're not supposed to be doing a Starfleet officer is not supposed to be trying to change the past. Mm-hmm. That's against the temporal prime directive. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge no, no. Right. And they often, uh, throughout the series, they often go out of their way to not affect the timeline. Yeah. Right. So, so they are, they're actively deciding to do something that is so against their beliefs as Starfleet officers. Yeah. So I love it at this time for that, for that reason as well. We flash back to Voyager and they're having a huge party. There's champagne, there's confetti. Uh, They're celebrating a new technology, the quantum slipstream drive. That's going to get them home faster. Now, this is interesting because we've heard of this technology before in season four. Uh, You guys will probably remember this one. I think we've watched it together. But there's this alien who sets up this Federation ship that they find. And it's got this quantum slipstream technology on it. Now, they're very cautious about what this ship is all about. And this guy, this alien there is there to help them. And he's like, he seems like a very nice guy. Um, but what had happened, I guess, was I think his planet was destroyed by the Borg. And he blames the Federation for some reason. And his plan is to get them on this ship and send them straight for, for Borg headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> That's his plan. So... So this technology exists to us. We, we we already know about it. It's like a Dr. Evil plan. Yeah. So this this celebration that the crew are having in this episode is really neat because this is a direct parallel to the celebration the production staff would have been having at the same time. Because Timeless is episode 100 okay. for Voyager. Yeah. And what that typically <laughs> means in television is that that's the threshold you need to get to to be put into syndication. Okay. So they would have been like... Star Trek's gonna play all the time. We're all gonna get paychecks for forever, right? right. So um, I wonder if they kind of wrote this scene into it, mm-hmm. just as like an homage to that been. it was the hundredth episode. They could have been, yeah.
0: Oh, interesting Joy fact. Was Thanks for sharing. That. There, so yeah, no That's problem.
1: Cool. No problem. So here, here's the thing. Here's what happened. Great party, right? Everybody's having a good time. Uh, Seven gets drunk. That was good. She, she has part. one, one glass of champagne. That was, uh, favorite, that was my favorite
2: lead-up part funny. she's looking at her hands she's like obviously my uh my she my says her, her, her like,
1: visual processor and motor cortex there's <laughs> <laughs> having issues with them
2: and at first i thought it was actually tied into what what was wrong with voyager because something had to be wrong because they're buried in ice somewhere in the future right right and then you yeah, totally. find out it was just champagne yeah yeah
0: <laughs> how many champagnes glasses of champagne did you have one. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously the board can't hold their liquor. Exactly. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. was yeah. my favorite doctor, quote from always, the doctor. Always yeah, always well then the best lines. I like
1: what she's saying. She's she's being like she's kind of loaded and she's like, You have always been a friend to me, yeah. doctor. You yeah. you are mentor. you're my mentor, and <laughs> she says we are as one. Yeah, we're <laughs> as one. one more champagne, <laughs> we're champagne, champagne. As one.
0: It's 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 perfect. And uh oddly enough, that's also Neelix's only scene in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Was it? He pops in with some uh did the Talaxian Fur fly, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. D- gives it to uh-huh. Volana. This is good luck if one of these stowaways is was on a vessel. Thing ever. And I think Tubox says something like, Neelix, Neelix, you are an astonishing, unending source of information, or something. Or I'm gonna have to find that. No, I think code. you got
1: it, It's it very close to that, yeah. But it
0: was meant as like a pretty much an insult. But
1: <laughs> he's like, Thank you, Mr.
0: <laughs> so it was just they threw Neelix in there just for some stupid little comic relief, uh, maybe just I don't well, know. But I, I know in some shows,
2: um, because there's so many episodes. Uh, some people like they're week off, they'll have just the smallest bit and then they're not working yeah. the rest of the week. Yeah. And that might've been Neelix's time. For, it was, uh, There
1: were a few of them. So there's Neelix, Tuvok, <coughs> Bolana. They were all in the show for like five minutes. Yeah. Um, I've, I've talked to one of the, one of the actors about this. I'm not sure which one I've, I've met a few of them at conventions, but I asked that exact question. Like in these episodes where, um, I actually think it was. Uh, Garrett Wang, who's Harry okay. Kim. I think I was talking to him about this episode specifically and asking that question. Like when, when only half of the the actors are there, what's going on? He's like, oh yeah, that's their week off. They come in for maybe a couple hours, do one scene and then they get that week off. Yeah. So this clearly, now those are the ones that focus around a couple of specific characters, right? There's
2: so many episodes in a a year, right? So 25 episodes on on average kind of thing is is a lot. It's a
1: lot and it usually takes them I think about a week to film an episode. So yeah, so um, Tom ruins the party.
2: (laughs) Sort (laughs) of. Who's
1: surprised that Tom ruins (laughs) the party? (laughs) Yep. Right? I thought
2: Neelix would have been
1: he tells he tells Harry that he ran a simulation the night before <clears throat> and he found a 0.42 phase variance in the slipstream threshold, which means it could be a bumpy ride. Mm. Doesn't sound too bad, right? And uh what it turns out though is that if they get thrown out of the slipstream in mid flight, it would be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. It's going yes. too fast. They have no control over where they get shot into. So Harry and Tom run. Another simulation, Harry wants to help, let's get this figured out, and they do get thrown out of the slipstream. And then they do 23 more simulations and 23 disasters. Mm -hmm. So now they have to go tell the captain that they wasted all of that replicated champagne.
0: <laughs> that was the main thing. Not to <laughs> mention the replicated confetti all over <laughs> the brand new slipstream <laughs> right. drive.
1: Who's going to replicate who's replicating a vacuum to clean that confetti got to up? Knee-like, knee-like it's whose reactions <laughs> is it coming out of That's what he's doing the rest of the week. Harry has a plan though. Da, da, da. Right, good old Harry. He thinks they can send a shuttle in front of Voyager to map out the threshold or these bumps in the slipstream. And send that data back to Voyager, who would be right behind. Now, it only gives Voyager a couple of seconds to make the corrections, but he's adamant that he can do this. And like his character, he's always been the one who's missed Earth the most, right? He's missed home the most. He misses mm-hmm. his parents. He's always sappy about stuff. So he's really fighting for it here. And his his emotion is what I think convinces Janeway to go through with it i think he his oh, yeah. emotion touches on her emotion yep. uh she's also feels very responsible that they're lost out there mm-hmm. she feels like it's her fault so she wants to get home too
2: the first i hear of it i'm like there's got to be a simpler way Like that was literally the, the then then way. the the delta then, flyer out front yeah, the shuttle yeah, out front. so much so many things go wrong with having a shuttle right in front of you like uh i thought there had to be a take another three weeks and work
0: on it and figure out a simpler way you know they ran, my first they ran thought.
1: 24 simulations Mm -hmm. Yep,
0: but uh, he did a good job, like you said, pitching it to the crew because they can't wait because these whatever crystals they harvested were degrading. Oh, that's a great point. So there was a time crunch they were facing. Yeah, Star Trek uh, Trek does a good job of that, covering that angle, you know? Mm -hmm. Like,
2: why don't you just take a couple days, a couple weeks to think about it?
1: Now, Janeway says she'll think about it, but uh, B'Elanna gives Kim a great look after Kim kind of like pitches his emotional... um, argument here and it, her look is just like like what I got from it is she's looking at him thinking like, how in the shit did you just convince her that this might be a good plan, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. I guess she's not picking up on the whole emotion thing. Mm-hmm. And she just had a great look on her face. She's, it's one of the things she came in for that week is just like, okay, it's we a need a great a look, look out of you, Boana. <laughs> yeah. Go. Okay. I, see you next week. I feel yeah.
0: like a schmuck because I missed the look, I think.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm it's great. It's, it's great. You so, know what?
0: I, I, It's probably the champagne that contributed to <clears> a lot of the decision-making in that scene. Oh, very <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Janeway had two extra glasses yeah. of champagne. And then... Yeah.
1: So... Chakotay and Janeway are having dinner and Janeway wants to move forward with Harry's plan and Chakotay doesn't. Now he says, if you showed this data to any Starfleet engineer, they would think that they're out of their minds Mm -hmm. to go through with this plan. This scene is a really great reminder for us of the dynamic that these two had in the last Voyager episode we covered, Course Oblivion.
0: Yep.
1: They're almost having the same argument, right? Mm -hmm. Like one wants to turn around and go back to the demon planet and the other wants to go home. It's like the same thing, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Now that episode actually happens 12 episodes after this one. Oh, so this one comes first. So I love that they dropped this foreshadowing in these episodes. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really even picked up on that because, you know, you can pick up on major themes that happened 12 episodes later, but tough to pick up on a conversation like this yeah. and the way that their characters handled the, the, the conversation and they remember that down the line. But this was, having watched them back to back like this, it's really cool that they, they kind of continued with this with this yeah. character character development.
2: I wonder when they're writing these episodes. In many cases, like because Voyager has an overarching storyline of how to get home. And uh, season by season, they're, I guess, moving towards the the goal. But in many episodes of of shows of this nature, where it's not an overall arcing storyline, where it's more episode-based, I wonder if they always know what order they're putting the episodes in. Meaning uh, uh, if the two or three or ten episodes are not really linked in any other way other than the cast, um, like tracks on an album, you know, like on a a CD, uh, what order to put them in. And in this case, I wonder if they recognized their similarities and or maybe originated them to be closer together but thought it was a good idea to separate them
1: uh i i would think for the most part they'd have a really good idea about what's going to get played when Mm -hmm. Um, maybe some small changes happen but i think they're very deliberate with what they're putting and when so so janeway says they've waited long enough to get home she's willing to take the risk so her decision is made and chakotay immediately supports her so even though they're Kind of button heads a bit. As soon as the captain lays down the decision, Chakotay's on board.
2: He normally is. And, and
1: supportive. Um, she says, are you ready for some homemade cooking? And he says, I'll alert sickbay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're... That's kind of like a... Sorry, Jay. No, no, no. no. I... I was going to say that's kind of a, a funny thing that they play with a few times in Voyager where Janeway likes to try to cook for mm-hmm. for people. Instead of replicating, like, do it yeah. the old-fashioned way and it never turns out good.
2: No. Her skills lie somewhere else other than, uh, like, captaining a ship instead of cooking. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. I, I suspect from the dialogue that the crew gives Neelix's skills lie somewhere outside of cooking as well. Definitely, yeah. they all complain about it yeah, as The, well.
0: the scene, uh, you mentioned, Tim, about how they were very conscious of what they're doing with the characters. And this scene was another example of we see the friendship and the dynamic between her and Chakotay, but it's borderline because she, the whole room is candlelit. And that's oh, that, yes. that scene where they're joking about her cooking and whatever, there's a scene where she kind of gently touches the side of his face. I don't know if it's just an admiration, like a mother would a son, or if there's something else implied, like a hidden, is there an attraction between them? We don't know. We've never, we don't really know. But there's a mutual respect, right? And I mm-hmm. they they touch on that throughout the entire <laughs> series with the two of them, and I really like that.
2: I always found jo- uh, Janeway did a really good job bouncing back. She lost a fiance, if I remember correctly, when she got sucked into the Delta Quadrant, and they mentioned him a few times, and they might have even been an episode with him and pieces of it, something along those lines. I remember, but uh, she's really good at bouncing back from the loss of that, like mentally. Focusing on what she has to do to get past that, whereas Harry, I think, had a fiance or a girlfriend, and he has always been driven <laughs> more by, to get back
0: than anybody. So he's been through quite a few girlfriends. Since, <laughs> let's be honest. Some girlfriends didn't even know they were his girlfriend. So. What,
1: <laughs> what? does that mean? Well, <laughs> Elaborate on
0: that. He seems to have eyes for like you know uh, anyone with girls. A yeah, girls um, in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He tries. You know, he's he's. He misses love, for sure.
2: Well, he hangs out with Paris all the time, so I can see why he
0: wants a girlfriend after all. Yeah.
1: He's, he's the youngest, right? So he was fresh out of the Academy. That's, so That's true.
0: I forget that, that he is yeah. the, the baby on the ship. So.
1: so back to the current time, they're catching the doctor up on what's happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the crew obviously crashed and were killed 15 years ago. Chakotay and Harry were on the shuttle ahead of Voyager, and they made it home. So when they were doing, they go through with this plan and something goes wrong. Voyager gets thrown out of the slipstream, but the Delta Flyer makes it back to Earth. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep, These two is. guys make it home. Like Just thinking about that scenario and, and if that actually happened and, or if we could have seen some episodes about that, how awesome that would have been. That would
2: have been cool for, you know how they do those flash. Ford episodes. Yeah. Like you know, I have no idea they're ever gonna do anything more on it, and that was Yeah, if they
1: like things. hit us next season with like this was the time when they were home and yeah. maybe Yeah, this I i know that um Garrett Wang was he was angling for this to be a two parter. He wanted to get into some of that stuff. That would have been really show good. those moments. I would like to see so, their
2: life on Earth for those fifteen years. Yeah,
1: it would have been really cool, right? Because they come back to a celebration right like mm-hmm. oh the the some some of the voyager crew's home and like they're um looked upon as heroes yeah. but meanwhile harry is feeling like he murdered all these people cuz he sent incorrect calculations back yeah. to voyager and exactly. it caused he them
2: he could do it. so yeah, yeah for 15
1: years he's been stuck with this guilt that it was his fault
2: uh, harry did a good job in describing that too cuz they had a very difficult job to let us know about it but in a very short period of time. Yeah. There's not much time
1: it. to do. There's a lot in this episode of, yeah, mm-hmm. like only whatever, 44 minutes or something to do it. So it, it turns out that Starfleet gave up the search for Voyager and Kim and Chakotay decided to continue on doing it on their own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Kim and Chakotay explain here that they can use seven of nines interplexing beacon to send a message back through time to seven. They'll need to pinpoint her exact time of death down to the millisecond for this to work. So it's a good thing they have the Doctor, right? Like, yeah. if anybody can figure this out, it's him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I love I love that they have him in this episode. I love that the Doctor didn't get the week off. Every, every episode <laughs> yeah.
2: that the Doctor plays a major part is normally among my favorites.
1: He's like the most powerful. He has all these skills. He's mm-hmm. so useful. Yeah. He's just... I always want to see him and what he's going to bring to the table.
2: Yeah, it's ironic that both him and Data are my favorite characters in the Star Trek universe, and they're both not technically human or living that way, and they both want to be, and they yeah. end up being the best characters, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they're they're very it's very <coughs> dynamic to have characters like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you uh, miss a little point there, Tim? Because there's a piece of technology that's missing to make this.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the very next thing I'm going to say. Oh, Okay, well yeah. then. Spoiler uh, I would re- thank you for <laughs> not reading my notes anymore. <laughs> no, Please. No, no, I am yeah. <laughs> I, re- I can't
0: even read them. I'm trying but They're so small. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. They're small and upside down. <laughs> they're so just on, let me handle you. the notes, guys. Okay. They're, Terry, they're, I saw you looking before too. You're Klingon. looking for the 15 years comment that you had there. <laughs> All right. Yes, Jay, you're absolutely correct. So the way they're going to communicate with Seven is with a Borg temporal transmitter. That Starfleet found in a salvaged Borg cube. Mm-hmm. And Kim and Chakotay stole it. They're fugitives. They are. In this episode. Yep. What a great twist that is. Mm-hmm. I think they, here's yeah. our, here's our Starfleet friends and they are villains.
2: It plays in, in a to, way. It plays in really well to make the drama intensified. Totally. Because yep. if, if they weren't villains, nobody, nobody cares about them and they could just do whatever they want forever. And there's no drama there.
1: Yep. Definitely. So they also have stolen the Delta flyer. Why not? <laughs> when, why, why not while you're at it? Already stolen, uh, they just wanted technology. to put a few scratches yep. on it yeah. <laughs> to piss off Tom. Um, yeah. They're wanted on two counts of high treason and conspiracy to violate the temporal prime directive. Like if those aren't going to get you locked up forever, <laughs> I don't know what is. So they're like huge fugitives. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're, we're teased a bit here by catching the very end of Harry recording a video message. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, what's hmm. what's that about? That's a rhetorical question. Yeah, don't answer. Don't it. Don't answer it. <laughs> I was going Terry, to Terry. That's joke. rhetorical. It's, it's re- rhetorical. I thought he was putting together like a
0: love. <laughs> fool. I mean,
1: Jay joke.
0: We're gonna need I was a that was, that was genius. That's uh, say it again.
1: <laughs> rhetorical. Rhetorical. It's a rhetorical oh question, God. Terry. <laughs> I haven't spoiled anything. Yet. <laughs> no, you've been doing great. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been totally. doing great. I've had my hand on the buzzer a couple times here, but you, uh, you're doing great, Terry. Thank you. So yeah, Harry is hell bent on fixing this mistake.
2: Has Has he told us why yet? I thought so. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's he told us like well, I mean, the, yeah. It, it's it's with the whole like they made it back and Voyager yeah. didn't, right? So
2: and it was his. It was his.
1: He he was making calculations. Yeah, it's
2: his calculations that were the direct cause of he
1: he done messed up his math.
2: Yeah, he done
1: right. I was never good at math. I feel two plus two his is pain. Five. Yeah, like if it's like what what is seventeen plus five, and he's like. That, I think, is 27. <laughs> I'm going to send them 27. Chakotay, I'm going to send 27. <laughs> see what happens. Oh, they got blown out of the slipstream. <laughs> Chakotay was like playing Tetris on the next yeah. station over, so he didn't notice it anyway. Oh, my goodness. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. So, they're on the Delta Flyer here, mm-hmm. and the Delta Flyer gets a warning that there's a ship on an intercept course. That's what they call it, right? An intercept course? Yep. Now, who shows up?
2: This is where I'm led to think it, about the credits again. This is great.
1: Jordy Laforge shows up. What kind of a ship does Jordy show up in? Do you guys know? Him? He shows up in the Challenger,
0: but it's the fucking Enterprise. Let's. It is. But is the, it not? It's it's, it's, it's the same model. It's the same, same class of ship as the Enterprise. It's the it,
1: Challenger. It's the same. I'm I'm more interested in the class of ship. Yeah. Which is a Galaxy class. Right. It, it's the biggest ship that they have.
2: Isn't that like Enterprise E kind of uh, ship? Like the the newest Enterprise from <laughs> the.
1: No, nah, that's a bit smaller I think.
0: Fair enough, I'm just throwing it out there that I think they just used the enterprise model and
1: no,
2: I changed
0: think, the name on the ship.
2: I feel that, like they did that deliberately because there could be two dozen of
1: that class yes, of ship That's and, right, Terry's uh, right.
2: And because Jordy had already served on something like it it only makes sense that he would be a captain of a ship just like it, you know. That
1: I believe oh, that I believe okay. the Challenger is canon. That's a, that's an actual okay. like gal- galaxy uh, class ship.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. I, I felt it was deliberate because of the harkening back to his uh, regular Enterprise days, and um. to me, it reminded me of that very last uh, type of Enterprise ship uh, on the last movies. Of,
1: uh,
0: okay. No, fair enough. I as soon as I saw it pop on screen, I, I popped a little boner. Like I was like, oh, the Enterprise! Enterprise. Like it's it's instantly yeah, that's what I yeah. thought it was. So. Yeah. And then, it,
1: no, it's then not. It's not. Well, come on, John Luke's driving the Enterprise around. Right we, we
0: we gotta we gotta
2: remember though, it's also fifteen years in the future from. Voyager yeah. is season four by that time which means it's four years after the last episode of uh, Next Generation plus 15 more years for Geordie, which is almost 20 years later. So, so maybe uh,
1: Picard wasn't flying the Enterprise around still. Yeah,
2: I don't know uh, his full history leading up to the, the series Picard
1: like where the timeline I don't was either. Here. He was farming I think. Doesn't he farm <laughs> in his it? free time? A great vineyard. <laughs> uh, okay, here's what I love about it though. They send the biggest ship in the fleet after a shuttlecraft. Right. That That's point. how important what Chakotay and Kim have done and could do means to the Federation. I never
2: thought of it that way. I thought it was just luck that it happened to be that I, ship.
1: I love that. They want to get these guys I'm, back. They I'm, are I'm, not fucking around I'm here. I'm surprised they've only sent the one, though, right? Well, you don't just need one. You need more than one. Why not? It's a <laughs> Delta. III. They're, they're going to fuck
0: with the,
2: the temporal. Harry, Harry Wang's already. <laughs> 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 Harry Wang. <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> you did it i'm surprised that you it did didn't happen you combine their names to yeah, like, I'm yeah it was an accident uh oh. so garrett garrett there uh he um he already fucked up by by giving the wrong information to voyager once so they just assumed he was going to screw up again with the
0: well the, if, if the flyer. like with with what they're charged with why isn't every species every ship in the federation sending what they have to try to hunt
1: down the I'll tell you prep. why because there's other things to do that they need those ships for and they already sent the biggest one they have they and probably could have sent like a, a is much freaking huge yeah they could have sent a much smaller ship and maybe a couple of them but they sent the biggest ship they have mm.
2: okay alright fair enough I thought it was luck I thought it, they just happened to be the ones uh, closest to where they tracked down the tracked it down and.
1: no I don't think so I think it's a statement on be. on how severe this uh this crime is either that or they're like lavar you're directing this episode do you want <laughs> to do you guest want to in it yeah, <laughs> he's, like, yeah sure. he's like yeah sure well, yeah what do you drive nowadays he's like, I drive the challenger <laughs> I, I, i'm not being anything less than a captain though <laughs> yeah so he is the captain and it's a really great scene for him it's it it's is. pretty short but I really like it. He doesn't have his visor anymore. So his eyes have been um, fixed in yep. some sort of a way. Now, he basically, he's there to stop Chakotay and Kim from affecting countless numbers of lives, mm-hmm. right? Like, who knows what would actually happen if, if Kim and Chakotay succeed? What what could get changed here? Mm-hmm. Like, definitely, they're messing with Jordy's timeline. They're messing with everybody else's timeline. It's a great Star Trek moment where Jordy's right. Like they sh- they can't be doing this. Mm-hmm. But this is Voyager and we're we're watching the Voyager crew here so we're we're on Voyager's side. Like we mm-hmm. want we want that crew back. Yeah, the, but Jordy's correct, right? He's he's playing by he's playing by the correct rules here. Yeah.
2: The entire time I'm rooting for um Car- uh Harry and uh Oh, so totally.
1: Colton. Totally. Even
2: though I love Jordy from the next next gen days
0: and I'm still rooting for the Voyager. And it's it's a beautiful exchange. Like you said, Tim, it's a perfect Star Trek <clears> moment. <throat> and, and Yeah. We, uh, just even Jordy admitting to the fact that he would do the same thing in Chipotle's right. place mm-hmm. for his crew, but he has his crew to th- think about. And yep. it was just a, I mean, they went to the extent of wishing each other good luck. <laughs> I love how that ends. It yeah. was such a mutual yep. respect between these two characters and uh It was great. They
1: understand both sides, but their passion... And their beliefs for what they're both doing are so strong that neither of them is going to give way. But both of them understand that. So, like you said, it was so cordial. They're just like, you know, I uh, we'd like to or drop your shields. We'd like to beam you over and talk about this. Mm-hmm. And is like, sorry, we can't do that. And Jordi's like, I understand. Is there anything I can do to change your mind? And is like, nope. And he's like, then good luck. And then Chakotay wishes him good luck. And then they go at it.
2: There's even one more slight different or element in that discussion that I love the nod to so they're both Starfleet officers they're both dedicated a bunch of time to Starfleet even though Chicote is now uh, not part of Starfleet Geordie offers chicote and and Harry it's like if you guys surrender now we'll reverse the charges of mutiny or of treason oh yeah he offered like, like a plea
1: bargain yeah yeah, yeah.
2: he like will wash that clean. But they both recognize that they put a lot of time into Starfleet. This isn't just two random guys stealing a ship and going
1: joyriding. So. That's a really good point, Terry, um, to bring up. Yeah. The whole
2: the whole discussion was a was one of those pivotal moments in the scene. For, for but it's like one
1: know, minute so long. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it was it was so so, so great.
2: Yep, and, and I could I could have spent the whole episode watching discussions oh, like that. Definitely,
1: on. I'd love to see more of like Captain <coughs> Jordy on on the Challenger, which, yeah. which
0: is really cool because you rarely hear about engineer like a chief engineer eventually captain captain a starship so yeah good on Jordy glad to see that he he made it
1: so we're into the final act here now in this final act we get uh, quite a bit of flashing back and forth between the two timelines Mm -hmm. difficult which is direct a bit difficult to direct yeah Um, but they do such a good job with it Uh, one of the the comments really good yeah one of the comments I heard was that uh, the people kind of in the show thought it, it should be called seamless because of, like, how yeah. well they did putting all these pieces together in this short amount of time and making it just feel so tight. It you does. Know?
2: You never... I never get the sense of, like, well, that didn't really make sense. Why did it jump or... There's like, nothing or like that. that are we same. even in the right time? Like, right, every step of the way, you know exactly. And the the aging of Harry and, and Chakotay give perfect indication of what, where they are with it. Longer hair for yep. Harry. And,
1: 100%. So... Here's another really interesting thing that I, I find with this episode. Now, this is a time travel episode, but nobody travels through time. A message travels through yeah, time. that's a good point. That's the only thing You're right. that does that. That's interesting.
0: Which, in a way, it almost it grounds it a little bit, makes it a little bit more believable that it could happen.
1: Yeah, right? def- like just well, definitely. Just
0: sending a message over you know, mm-hmm. transporting somebody, right?
1: You're using Borg technology, which we don't understand a whole lot about, so it's very plausible that this could happen right so i I like that what do you guys think i always get
2: shivers a i love time travel episodes of any sort i always get shivers too with those those episodes where people are communicating such far distances and anything go wrong and break the the communication that episode where you guys would know better because you've seen the episodes over again more but where there was that that bunch of points of Foreign technology that they were trying to use to communicate to the Alpha Quadrant.
1: They're using the Hergen communication uh, net or something. It
2: it almost feels like magic, but it could be broken at any time. Same idea with this. Right. I
0: I think I really like that they Star Trek, even though they do have a lot of time travel episodes, they still respect the, I don't know the the laws of the universe in a way. Like because look at cause and effect. You know that was they could only send like a tiny little. Mm midst of a message you know throughout the timelines uh they did the exact same thing here like they could have easily just written it it yeah written it lazy make a phone call or transport a hologram or a projection of them or whatever but they're struggling to send a tiny minute message of code Mm -hmm. uh right and that's just way more believable for me yeah and it's suspenseful
1: yeah Yeah. it's a it's a bit unsettling here for me because the doctor's trying to figure out Seven's exact time of death. Mm-hmm. And he's got like her brain taken yeah, apart. I was wondering and if he's, anybody he's noticed... often holding half of <laughs> her brain, trying to, like, he's just, like, we'll be in a conversation yeah. with Kim, like, holding this brain. And like and neither Chicote
2: or Kim even making mention that he's got half her brain. It's, half her eye and yeah. everything Yeah, like, it's, a, it's a
1: little bit morbid.
0: Like I uh, didn't notice it the first time I watched the episode years right. ago until He's rewatching it. It just her head. Yeah, and it is very morbid. It's not grotesque. No. It's not like there's any blood or
1: gore. But it's just that's seven. And, and yeah. her body was Put perfectly her brain
0: preserved. It wasn't yeah. like she had
2: decayed to nothing and this is the only piece left because it's metal. No, he would have had to take it off her, her once fully... Bottom fully living Yeah, he
1: would have had to cut her open and taken her brain
2: out. Nobody
0: makes any note of that. But that scene does a great job at adding to Seven's kind of allure and and what her, I don't know, coolness and quotations there, because it's not just her brain. Like there's this chrome, Mm -hmm. or not chrome, like a a metal piece. Metal piece. uh, Almost looks like brass. And it just. That extends all the way into yeah. the cranial, and it's it's not just that tiny little implant that you see on yeah. the outside no. of her skin. It's, that's it's right, a like a Terminator it, kind of. It's deal. built right into her head, and it. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know know the extent of that until that scene, so that was pretty cool. That's I was thought true. to myself, why didn't the doctor just remove the last ten percent of the piece of metal off her
2: forehead, <laughs> and then and then uh, you wouldn't even know she's a. But now, baby, but you
0: know? now we know they can't. It's it was yeah. literally part of her ever yeah. since she was a child. Right. So. Good
1: point. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: makes more sense now. Yeah.
1: So the doctor finally determines the exact moment of Seven's death. So Kim knows when to send the message to. So he sends her new phase corrections. Now back on Voyager, Seven says she's receiving a transmission being routed through one of her cranial implants. Seven enters the new corrections, but Voyager is still thrown out of the slipstream. And this is where we get to see... The full crash, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, like the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, The The flare of it? No, not the flare. I'll get back to the not the schematics of it. The um, the physics of it. Oh, the physics of it of how it hitting the the mountain, hitting the ice. The it doesn't look like a cartoon thing Mm -hmm. floating around. You actually feel the impact when it hits the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was done really well.
2: That leads me to ask one question you guys. The one part I had trouble understanding is, because we're talking about them crashing on that planet, they got pulled out of the slipstream, wouldn't just floating through space kind of haphazardly be a lot better than aiming for the planet that they aimed
0: for to crash land there? Tulak said if they didn't land, the ship would come apart. Yeah.
1: But so why would it, it come gonna... apart in
0: space but not on a planet? that's one thing I I didn't didn't understand it seemed like board technology it was going it
1: was going it was going too fast Mm -hmm. right
0: maybe it was being maybe space was 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 pulling it was being
1: like torn apart so it wasn't it wasn't like um, they could sustain that type of flight for very long like the ship was already starting to get compromised Mm -hmm. so they immediately had to just direct it at something so they wouldn't get yeah like Jay said torn apart so and I guess I mean I don't know there's only so many
0: force fields I imagine that they can erect in the ship as it's being pulled apart Whereas, at least in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. there's no risk of getting sucked out in the space. The truth is, it didn't do them any good, though, anyway. Well, <laughs> no. it does do them good because.
1: Well, they're intact, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: they're intact. Yeah.
1: yeah. It does do them good. So, back on the Delta flyer, Kim says yeah. very, <laughs> like, frantically, we're still here. Why are we still here? Right. Cause he mm-hmm. sent the corrections. W- what, everything should the be back to normal. Delta he shouldn't be flyers. a future anymore. Right? This is he right. be... Delta So guess what? He done some wrong math again. Oh, he's Tim. had, he's had 15 years to she, learn math. He plus and two he, plus he hasn't, six. you think before he'd like worry about being a fugitive and stealing all this stuff. He'd go to math class. Yeah. Right. But no, He so he's, um he's, he's freaking out. Right. He's terrified because he's reliving the same moment over again right like the same moment that he's been like uh focusing on for 15 years the worst moment of his life just happens for him again
0: right there's a little bit of ptsd that kind of comes out for him and he yeah
2: even if he knew what he was doing 100 he might just made a mistake because of anxiety and
1: uh, oh for sure yeah oh so you think he does know his math
2: uh he may know his math but it doesn't help that uh everything he ever had is right like you see golfers professional golfers they can make a shot 99 times out of 100, but then they're in front of the cameras and it means a million dollars and they flub a shot, you know, so... Fair uh, sure enough.
1: Fair sure enough, Terry. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll enter that into the log. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Delta Flyer is about to be destroyed because mm-hmm. don't forget, Jordy is there trying to take them in, right? But they're fighting back. Uh Jordy's like shooting at the, Del- the Delta Flyer. They're attacking them, right? They're basically, if they can't, get them back peacefully they're going to destroy them right the doctor kim freaking out the doctor says if kim can't correct this phase variance maybe there's another way maybe they can get voyager to get thrown out of the slipstream
2: without blowing up
1: without blowing up so kim he's 100 on board with that he, he he knows he can make this happen right so they need a little bit more power As the uh, the Borg technology starts to kind of fail, so they turn off the doctor to use his mobile emitter, (laughs) and like he was the doctor, right? As he's just about to get turned off here, he's so happy and proud that he was able to help on this mission, right? Like I love that moment for him. He's just it was 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 really good. That was
2: a great scene altogether because it was like. We need more power. Yoink. <laughs> Take off as a oh, hitter. Of course <laughs> you would do like, that though, right? Yeah. yeah. You, need, and,
1: you need his battery. So and
2: very lucky that all they had to do is put it on the little tripod stand that uh, yeah. was uh, powering the, the it, device. Because if it required anything more, they only had seconds to, right. to work with it. It's another AI.
0: example of how selfless the Doctor's character has become over the years. Yeah. yeah. Just happy to help. Whereas in the first season, you know, very much about himself. Yeah. So. He really grows. Yeah.
1: So we get the message that there's going to be a warp core breach in 10, 9, 8... Harry's punching in the commands to the console. Five, four, three, two. And Harry screams, yes. Mm -hmm. And the Delta Flyer explodes. Jordy destroys the Delta Flyer. Now, back to Voyager. Seven says she's receiving a transmission. So same same scene as before, right? We're just kind of getting to see the scene again. Mm -hmm. So they take the new course corrections. They enter them in and Voyager is thrown out of the slipstream along with the Delta Flyer. Mm -hmm. Now, Harry in the Delta Flyer is asking what happened. And Janeway, she's pissed off. She's like, uh, "You sent the wrong corrections, Harry. <laughs> you yeah. sent the wrong corrections."
2: <laughs> he, Why don't you know math?
1: And he says, uh, "He says, uh, but I didn't send any corrections." So that was a that was a cool, cool yeah. moment. He hasn't sent anything, but he, they, they received something. So, even though their trip using this slipstream technology was short, it got them ten years closer to home. Here, mm-hmm. this is the first time in the series that Janeway makes a comment about the crew actually having this sense of hope that they are going to make it home. Mm-hmm. So they've been traveling for a long time. There's been several moments like this where some sort of uh, extreme force sends them mm-hmm. far ahead, uh, in, like further home, like in, in a great way, plus all their progress just just they've made by themselves. It seems like they might actually get there, right?
2: Off-hand, do you know how far they are at this point? I Are think they like they're 25 or 35 or 40,000. Yeah. Years so, already?
1: so initially they were 70,000 light years mm-hmm. away. That That's right. This yeah. did 10,000. This did 10,000. And I think this puts them about halfway. I think, I think they're probably at about 10,000. That happened yeah. before. Yeah. Cast sent them 10. Yeah, There's right. been a few others where they get like a couple. Yeah. Um, And then just their progression as well. I think they're like, they're, Not as far as they should be considering how far along in the series we are, Mm -hmm. but we we know like in the later episodes, like there's a dramatic ending to to this. But
2: The reality is they should actually only be four years into their travels at this point. And judging from what we see, they're almost 30 years into their travels. Yeah, so uh, they've done done good. Yeah. Another four or five years, and you know, if you knew that you're going to be stranded for sixty years, and then all of a sudden, five years later, you knew you only have three or four more years, it doesn't seem so internal. No, like
1: they've got to be feeling great at this point. Yeah, so, especially
2: when you're getting closer and closer to your home space, where things are much more reasonable now.
1: Yep. So Janeway meets with Kim in the mess hall. Kim is reviewing the data, and he realizes that the data he sent them was wrong, and that if they had actually entered it, they would have been destroyed. But he doesn't understand who sent these corrections to Seven. Mm -hmm. nobody, Nobody understands that. Janeway says that it looks like they have a guardian angel. And his name is Harry Kim. Now, she says Seven found a security code embedded in the transmission. Harry's security code. That they believe originated in the future. So she gives him a log entry. From Harry Kim to Harry Kim. It's old Harry explaining everything that happened... And what he did, him and Chakotay did to rewrite this history. Mm-hmm. That's basically the ending there. Now I'm I find that like it's a happy ending, but it's still really emotional for some reason for me, and I'm not really sure why.
2: I don't know if you mentioned this in the what if, and I apologize if this is it. Um, it always occurred to me uh, right right when uh, Paris asked. Uh, or brought up the point that I think this is going to fail, you know, way back in the beginning with the celebration scene. Yeah. Always occurred to me, well, how, if the slipstream ran for a couple minutes or five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, and got you 10,000 light years and you knew it was going to fail, like there's a good chance it's going to fail in 30 seconds. Why don't you run it 25 seconds, take a break, run it for 25 seconds, take a break, run it for 25 seconds and do that 200 times in the next two months and get home, you know, it always uh, occurred to me, but uh um, maybe they uh, mentioned it, something about that? Not... I don't
1: think... I think it must have to do with, like Jay had mentioned earlier, like the crystals were degrading. Mm, I it, it probably wasn't possible to do right, that type that of things. things. Uh, and that was my what if, Terry, so thanks a lot. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I felt really well, I, I, I want to <laughs> add to... You said you... Yes, please do.
0: You were very... Like you you, I, as you, you felt mixed, I had mixed emotions. You mixed emotions. With the ending. And I had the same feeling. And it's... Why? It's, Why do we have that? I... I'm going to say something that's probably going to be a little unpopular, maybe. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Feel free to debate this. But, you know, there was no real red- redemption to Harry's arc in that episode. Because he, he spent the entire episode making mistakes. Mm-hmm. He He thought he could correct them. He still made more mistakes. And at the end of the day, it wasn't him that... That saved the day. It was the doctor. The doctor gave him the suggestion to at least let's save their lives, get them out of the slipstream. And Harry's like, Yes, I can do that. So, Mm -hmm. and then young Harry's being given this information and he doesn't know what to do with it. Uh, But we as the audience know that, you know, this isn't really like the heroic, you know, Janeway said, like, somewhere, some way, sometime, you come through for us. But in my mind, it wasn't Harry that really came through for the show. For them, it was the doctors suggestion his idea otherwise i don't because harry was going through his
1: i killed him i killed him
0: you know and he was just having a breakdown so i don't know i love i I love
1: that point and i think i think you nailed it right there like because we were were talking we were all happy with the doctor and the way that he went out but at, at the end here um harry's just he's he doesn't understand what happened he's like sitting alone in the mess hall and it's kind of this like Blah, kind of ending, and I think you're, I think you're completely right about that. He, he's just failed. Yeah, this whole episode, like in the future and in the past, and yeah, yeah I love I got, that too. That's a great, his, really his, great his point. His
0: character isn't more further ahead. I don't think at all. Like it's,
2: it's, I wasn't as critical though. uh you're right. Doctor definitely pulled him up by the bootstraps, especially at the end there. Doctor was a big part of using 709's so technology to make the call. Doctor was a big part of every step of this solution. So is Chakotay for that matter. Now, and the and that Nessa girl or Tessa. Nessa Tessa girl. Um, but when it all said and done, it wasn't the doctor that set the last piece of information. It was Harry. It wasn't uh, the doctor uh, or even Chakotay probably that got the ball rolling to try to go back and save Voyager. It was Harry and his guilt and everything like that. And uh, when it was all said and done, um, it was Harry that did the work So even though the future Harry, that is, uh, so even though you're right, he needed a slap in the face and, uh, and guidance to how
0: to get there. He actually did do it. If, if, if the doctor didn't make that suggestion, he wouldn't have done it. You're right. He wouldn't have done it. But if it was Harry, if if he was written as him coming up with that idea, Mm -hmm. then I think we'd be a little more satisfied. Yeah, definitely. Okay. He saved the day. He made the right call. And you know what? They may not have made it home, but they're 10 years closer. Mm -hmm. So to get that kind of truth bomb from a future self saying that you made a mistake and 150 people died. Now I'm fixing
2: it. (laughs) And, and,
0: but now I fixed it. So it's okay. So a, you're not going to get a sense of accomplishment and B you're going to, if it was me, I'd be questioning every single freaking calculation I do for the rest of my life because, you know,
1: Oh, um, worth noting is that this is the third time in the series that the ship has been destroyed. This is the sixth time in the series Captain Janeway has died. She dies a while. And this is the the third time that Harry Kim has died. I I thought that was really interesting. That is
2: interesting. That is great, great information. One of them is he actually did die
1: and it's a different Harry Kim. Yeah, like in season, I think it's season two, he actually legit dies. It's not even the right Harry Kim anymore. That's a really great episode we'll cover eventually. I love that one. displaced i think it's called or some, something something like that That
2: one left me with that weird sense of just not quite right with the way it's, it's it ended yeah yeah you got oh, i like
1: the way that one ended.
2: like i'm not I, I don't remember every detail of it but all i remember is okay the the harry that we grew to love is dead and we got a replica harry like a different harry from a different dimension taking his place you know and yeah uh, i don't remember that episode well enough to know if the two universes were so close together that it doesn't matter or were they yeah it wasn't even
1: universes really it was like uh dimensions an anomaly that that kind of separated the ship into two um so they were very they were
2: very close with all their experiences up until they were the same
1: they were exactly the same uh that's yeah you know what? we'll do that one soon but there's one more thing to do terry
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: what if So this is the part of the show where we like to speculate on what if this happened or what if that happened? Okay. This is a safe place for ideas. <laughs> no, it <laughs> isn't. I <don't laughs> learned so hard. No, 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 no. I it's can spot. still see your lashings from last time. I don't say anything. <laughs> I just like to preface it with everybody. Every time that it's a safe place, we're just going to like brainstorm a bit, um, based upon a bit of a scenario that I throw out to you guys, just to have a little bit of a fun discussion okay. to, to end things off. So, what if the actions of Kim and Chakotay actually did have a negative effect to the temporal timeline? What if they did damage?
0: I'll well, let Jay weigh in first. Oh, I have to process a little bit here. Yeah, I know. I mean,
1: it does take a take a bit of time to take it all in.
0: Well, they 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 did do damage, right?
1: They like, like they the, changed a timeline. They did. So what what does that mean? Like what? Obviously, Jordy's life has been changed. Maybe he's not captain anymore. Maybe Jordy was the one who found them first when they were traveling back to Earth. Like maybe he was the first one to encounter them and brought home Kim and Chakotay and the Delta Flyer. Maybe they got him the promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe because of that, the hottest woman at Starfleet wanted to marry him because he's a celebrity, right?
0: Maybe. She probably was an admiral. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's right. Oh, that's a this is a hard what if because this is what happened. They yeah. changed, they, they changed things. So
1: this is a bit of a loaded question.
0: I, I mean, okay. So if what if? Uh, so what you're asking is what what would have happened? What happened what, after, what, the, after what, this episode?
1: What could what have changed? what could have happened? Like if something negative happened what's the repercussions of, what's what are the repercussions of what they did is maybe a better way of putting it. what are the repercussions
0: it's it's a tough one because they they did say that after what two years of search, searching they they called off the search for Voyager.
1: something like that so, yeah, starfleet calls off the search fairly quick so make make something up make up some bizarre scenario <laughs> man this is
0: a terry come on okay I can, can come on i could join in if you want. do it oh yeah yes, please i thought
2: you I'm, I'm i thought you no, just had no not, ideas oh, no, no, I, i'm I, struggling I, I, please save no, me i, 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 I have <laughs> a bunch of ideas uh, All right, hey, first off is as humans or any of the sentient beings our minds other than maybe q uh our minds aren't aren't world universal enough to understand all the implications of a decision that we make throughout time. We can't know how far and how deep our actions have come. Like look at that Simpsons episode where Homer sneezes, all the dinosaurs die. And then the future changes, right? <laughs> Even the smallest things can change the future. We can never know what those are because the, the, the possibilities are more than infinite uh, for how, how they diversify. Secondly is you're asking, Good or bad? Well, that's subjective to begin with. Uh, good is... Yeah, Voyager made it back. And if I remember the last episode of Voyager... Of and, uh, Voyager altogether... They make it back and what? Save the war against the Borg or something like that? So Voyager doesn't come back... Well, the Borg takes over... I, I might be misremembering the last episode.
1: Something, something but, like that. But in
2: that ballpark... So good or bad? Well, that's good for uh, humans and uh, the Starfleet and everything. Uh, bad for the Borg. So that's subjective. And after that it may have very little impact on anybody currently at that 15-year point, but it might have a massive impact later down the road. The the truth is... There's no way to know all the implications. Um, and there's a lot of really great episodes. remember that uh the the year year of hell? Uh
1: yeah, year of hell where where they're trying oh. to
2: see all those implications? Yeah, yeah. That episode there is a perfect segue into it because he's trying to piece together all the different things and this little thing changed all this right, other stuff. Right. There's no way to know it with our limited ability. Q might be able to because he's damn near God, or they are damn near God. But, um, so that's a loaded question because all the answers are infinitely variable. So,
1: okay. Now, um, thank you. Great answer. Yeah. What he said. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why it's a loaded question. And I was hoping that neither of you guys would bring it up. Okay. Because later in this season, uh, episode 24, we're on episode six, Mm -hmm. episode 24, Captain Braxton shows up.
2: The, yeah, I remember. To that.
1: Voyager. It's one of your favorite episodes, Terry. Yep. Captain Braxton shows up and he says he's there to fix problems that they made in the Takar sector. And in this episode, all the stuff that Kim and Chakotay are doing is in the Takar sector. So he actually follows up to this episode to fix the time or the temporal. Timeline.
2: I meant to ask you about because um, I couldn't remember if that episode was before or after this. It's stuff. after, so and, I'm uh,
1: I'm spoiler alerting that I want this to be the next episode we do. It is a fantastic it's I, because one it's, one of my a, it's a it's a great follow up to this I one. We
2: forgot that it was a follow up to that episode. Yeah, I didn't I didn't Shit. remember it was a follow up. I couldn't remember if it was a season before. It's or it's later. It but that uh, Relativity is the name of the exactly. ship. Exactly. Um, That's the name of the, sh- that, sh- the episode yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite uh, episodes. And truth be told, I thought that from Void or Enterprise and onwards, the next series should have been done about a ship like Relativity. Where it could be a crew, maybe not a, like a hundred strong, but maybe two dozen people. But you explore space and you're exploring time. Like to, to it, it opened up that many more dimensions of show and all the, some of my favorite episodes where they go back in time and to Earth in 1996 or uh, um, in one of the the old Star Trek movies, uh, 1970 or 80 for uh, for um, Captain Kirk's time, right? So yeah. it had so much potential, and I thought
0: relativity would have been a great way for them to. Uh, that
1: would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah, I would love a show like that.
0: I just want to watch that right now. I know. I, I just, I mean, I as you were giving your answer,
1: Terry, which was which was. I think the only answer we could have really given is a good point. I, I'm actually I, surprised that you came up with an answer that, because I was going to interrupt right away and just say, okay. like, I'm sorry to load a question no, because as, as, the as, answer as, is that uh, Jay, this, go this go is what happened. It yeah. would have
0: been really rude to interrupt Jay if yeah, I said go ahead I, I, loved,
1: I, I <laughs> loved listening <laughs> to Jay struggle with it, it, it so, it, so, it, so, it, so it, I just let it, it go. Wasn't yeah, interrupt what?
0: My brain farts? I'm trying to answer this question. No, it was a
1: tough what if because the answer to it was written – you know, in my, in, on my paper and in yeah, my head. Like, yeah. I know what the answer is. It's tough just to riff what that could be. And I, was, you know, I wasn't I was expecting you to really come up the, with much, but the, Terry actually nailed it.
0: Terry, you did nail it. And the only thing I can even grasp at uh, is the conversation Chakotay was having with LaForge on that view screen. And LaForge referenced the Federation Council. And I don't know if we've ever heard the Federation Council before. Uh, it sounds like a new type of division of leadership within I, the Federation... I assumed it
2: was the Admirals all together. Maybe,
0: maybe. So maybe the Federation has, has progressed in a positive way or a new form of... And this would change that timeline. I don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with, but it's not the right answer. It, I'm just grasping... There is no wrong answer. because so, No, there's honestly, no wrong answer. We can't what it, possibly yeah. see it.
2: For all you know, what them doing this could uh, uh, end Earth or it could end the Borg. You know, like you don't know what this decision... Yep. Most likely these decisions aren't that catastrophic or that beneficial. Uh, Something like saving 150 people. Well, the universe is 13 billion years old and expands more than any of our minds can possibly understand, like to the full extent. So saving 150 people won't change the universe that much. Maybe if they were Q, because I keep coming back to Q because they're the closest thing to um, a a deity as as possible, uh, they might have the impact, but... The reality is uh, 150 people would change life and future for this little area of, of space, but 13 billion years,
0: I doubt they'll have that much impact on it. So. Just just edit out all of my answers and just go with Terry. I'm leaving yours then. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> Please don't. Listeners, I apologize. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I love the relativity aspect. Um, yeah. It occurred to me somewhere in this, this whole discussion that we were having that relativity exists and they know the answers to these things and oh, yeah. then uh, I've completely forgot about it until you brought I'm glad it
1: up you didn't it. bring it up because that would have been the real spoiler if I, you'd, uh, I would that. no I was actually
2: unfortunate because I No, I was, I, actually, un, un, I, no, I, was
1: I was expecting that it might come up uh, just because I know that we like that episode yeah um, but I was fine if it did come up uh, I was happy it didn't though it helped uh, the what if a it's bit su- stronger it's
2: such a strong episode too
1: but uh we are gonna go and just watch that episode now and find <laughs> yeah. out if they tell us what the repercussions of this actually were and then we'll get back to everybody next time and jay terry thanks again for joining thank you absolute pleasure looking forward to the next one definitely and thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time
0: Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the
1: Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like
2: iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget
1: buddies.